We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Cody Felger. Joining us on the show, uh, he is the Falcon reporter for the Falcoholic and also a host and producer for Falcoholic Live, which covers Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much, man, for coming on. Really appreciate it. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me, Cody. Uh, it's always exciting uh, getting set up on the road. You know, I know a lot of people are traveling, so I got my my mobile uh, battle station here going. But yeah, other than that, uh, minor minor technical, you know, kerfuffles to start us off today. But other than that, we're all good. Yeah, man, I totally understand. You know, before I kind of moved into my own place, I I feel like I always had something with the internet or something. It it never fails, especially when you're traveling. So, but I do appreciate you making that time, man. Um, so so talk to me, Kevin, about the Falcons because a lot of hype coming into the season. Atlanta right now currently sits at six and eight record. Looks like there's going to potentially be a quarterback change this week. So a lot going on in the new cycle for the Atlanta Falcons. How have you felt about this year, you know, covering this team with all the lofty expectations from certain people? I don't know how you felt about them, but how have you felt about the Falcons and just a lot of things happening right now for this organization? Uh, disappointed. <laughs> I think I think most Falcons fans would tell you that it's been a disappointing season and we haven't seen what we wanted to see from anyone but the defense the defense has actually outperformed all expectations uh but unfortunately it doesn't matter because the offense can't score and um you know it's a it's a big problem when you've got an offensive coaching staff and uh you've invested three top 10 picks into building out the weapons and that you don't have the quarterback and that was you know the the criticism initially where you know oh Kyle Pitts is such a generational player you know, we, we can't pass on him. And I didn't disagree with that, but they have failed for three years to find a quarterback. And now you can see what's happening is we've got a quarterback that, that can't do it or isn't ready to do it. Uh, and a coach that is not willing to adjust his scheme to accommodate a struggling quarterback or really to adjust what people have done to stop what he did last year. And it just feels like a directionless offense that, every single week has a chance to win because of the defense and 
it seems like they're they've run out of juice essentially and the, the defense is the defense held the Panthers to nine points last week and uh the offense managed seven against the 31st ranked scoring defense in the Carolina Panthers so uh it's been a big disappointment I think that's the nicest way to say it <laughs> sure man we totally you know as people who covered the Colts the last few years we get it you know with with the kind of uncertainty at quarterback you know the just a lot of stuff there. You know, that ultimately is the most important position in football, I think you can argue, for good reason, right? It doesn't matter how many weapons you have. It doesn't matter all these other things, how good your defense is, right? If your quarterback's not up to par, you're probably not going to be, you know, competing. And so uh, that's definitely, uh, yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see how the Falcons handle that coming into the offseason. But it looks like this week it will be Taylor Heineke who will be starting, who obviously has been around the league a little bit with Washington and a few other places. So, um, But it's kind of interesting, Kevin, because you talk about the Falcons, came in with big expectations, have kind of disappointed this year. The Indianapolis Colts, I feel like, have been the complete opposite, where not a whole lot of people really had expectations for this team coming in. There was people in the national media calling three, four wins potentially. The Colts have already doubled that. And – you know, they do so without, you know, their rookie first round pick, Anthony Richardson, for the majority of the season. So how do you feel about the Indianapolis Colts? What's been your impression of them this year? You know, now right now sitting at eight and six, a three way tie right now for the AFC South. What have been your thoughts overall on the Indianapolis Colts in 2023? I think the Indianapolis Colts are what Falcons fans hoped Atlanta would be this year mm. <laughs> um a team that was still dealing with some defensive problems uh clearly but it was moving in the right direction but you were getting a ton from your run game and you were sort of hoping that that along with a talented group of skill position players could prop up uh a quarterback that was a little bit of a question mark obviously with with the Colts with Anthony Richardson a massive investment made there um but, you know, still a rookie quarterback and a rookie quarterback that had some some passing game questions, you know, being only a few couple of years as a starter there at Florida. Um, but the Colts are over the Colts are overcoming their shortcomings and they're doing it with Gardner Minshew now because the offensive coaching and the scheme is elevating the offense. Um, and I've been really impressed with what uh, Steichen's ab- been able to do in Indianapolis. I think the defense, while they've not been terrific, they have created a lot of turnovers typically is pretty random, but they've managed to do it, which so they get, I mean, obviously you give them their props and um, they, they've just dominated on the ground and they've done enough in the passing game. They haven't had to ask Minshew to do too much. Um, and I think that it's kind of, it's not sad. I mean, I'm happy for Colts fans, obviously, uh, but I think Falcons fans are probably thinking that this would be the Falcons where they're eight and six and, 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 you know, that would be dominating the NFC South at this point at eight and six. Uh, and instead, uh, the Colts are, are having that sort of thing. And and now the Falcons are in the same boat as the Colts maybe a year or two ago where uh, whatever you thought you were building didn't work. So now we got to start over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. And you mentioned just the the offense right now. You know, obviously a terrible game against the Carolina Panthers a week ago. But what would you say, you know, if anything? Because I feel like there is still a lot of talent on this Atlanta offense. And, you know, a lot of, you know, top 10, you know, investment type of guys the Falcons have had the last couple years. So you look at this, you know, Indianapolis Colts defense, you know, which you mentioned, not the greatest unit, gives up a decent amount of yards. They struggle to stop the run at times. But, you know, they're really good in two categories. You mentioned taking the ball away, you know, 
one of the top teams in terms of forced fumbles. I think they're tied for number three right now in interceptions, and also they are top three team in getting after the quarterback. So for all their flaws, they have some things they do well. Um, what do you think ultimately will be will will kind of make the difference in this game for you know the Falcons or the Colts to see you know who ultimately comes out on top, and you know do the Falcons start to get some life with a new quarterback, or you know do the Colts kind of start shutting some things down and do what they did against say Mitchell Trubisky a week ago in the Pittsburgh Steelers where, you know, they, they shut them out in the second half. What do you think needs to happen? I mean, what do you think will be some of the biggest X factors here for the Atlanta offense against this Colts defense? Yeah. I mean, it's the story of the season for Atlanta is can they run the football? Cause when they run the football, well, everything seems to work. Uh, but, and that was what they could hang their hat on last year. Even when they had nothing else, they were a top five rushing attack. They were getting it done against, you know, they faced the most stack boxes in the league and they could get it done this year. Even after adding Bijan Robinson, the run game has fallen off a cliff. Uh, they're 26th in rushing success rate this year. They're very average in terms of their other rushing stats. Um, and a lot of it is that the scheme is just stagnated, uh, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So can they run the ball? Uh, if they can, then the offense probably looks pretty good. That That's typically been how it how it's worked. And they've had some truly dominant games. You know, they put up over 200 rushing yards a couple weeks ago. Uh, they've done it a couple times this year, but it's so inconsistent. And one of the biggest issues has been that the team seems to be reluctant to give Bijan Robinson the the reins. Uh, they've done it here and there, but they last week was his lowest snap percentage, I think, since week four or something like that. Um, and they just seem reluctant to commit to making him their bell cow, which is an absurd thing to say when you drafted someone a running back in the top 10. Um, and they've gotten really predictable with how they run the football. Uh, when they have Bijan in, it's going to be outside zone. And when they have Tyler Algier in, it's probably going to be inside. And you can tell defenses know what's coming. Um, it's, it's not a secret. Add to that that the tight end blocking has really fallen off and it just has been really sloppy. Uh, so really running the football is, is the key. Can the Colts stop it? Uh, and can the Falcons execute it? Uh, and if they can, then they'll have a good chance in this game. And if they can't, then it's probably going to look a lot like that Panthers game. 
<laughs> sure, sure. It's going to be really interesting to me, man, because you know the Colts have struggled to stop the run this year for the good chunk of it. Obviously, missing one of their best run stoppers in Grover Stewart for six games. I mean, you saw just the dramatic decline of the run defense, but he's been back the last couple weeks, and it seems like this run defense has started to find its own a little bit, maybe gain some confidence there. So I'm really intrigued. It's like even though the numbers aren't pretty for either team, the potential is there for either the Atlanta to you know have a really good game, really good game running the football, or I feel like for Indianapolis to kind of shut that down a little bit, you know, if they are very predictable. So I am very intrigued to see kind of how that works. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, the quarterback, you know, Desmond Ritter, obviously not playing in this game. Um, Indianapolis comes in. They, they've had a few issues, um, you know, in terms of pass coverage. You know, they have two rookie corners right now playing and Julius Brents and, and Jalen Jones out there. You know, a couple – they have a very young secondary, all things considered. I think their oldest player in that secondary is probably Kenny Moore, and he's, you know, late 20s. So there's a lot of you know youth right now with with the Colts, and we've seen some good, we've seen some bad with it. But Atlanta does have some weapons, and so how do you think this matchup's going to go with you know some players that are pretty young for Atlanta as well, but still obviously oozing with talent everywhere? You know, at their wide receiver Drake London, tight end Kyle Pitts, and then so many guys Bijan out of the backfield. You know, how do you think Atlanta's going to try with Taylor Heineke to kind of get some of those guys? Uh, some looks here early and often. It's really a mystery to me what they're going to do each and every week. You would think the game plan would be just funnel as many targets to Drake London and Kyle Pitts as possible. Uh, you know, the, a couple weeks ago against the Bucks, Drake London set a career high with 10 catches for 172 yards. He was dominating. Last week he had three targets. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it's... Yeah. You know, I can keep, I'm going to keep beating this drum. It's like, we're just like, what is happening here? But... You know, Taylor Heineke's going to sling it. Uh, he loves to sling it. That's his thing. Um, and he's going to take shots and he's going to try to put put the ball downfield. And, you know, when you got guys like Drake London and Kyle Pitts, a lot of times that could work. Uh, it didn't work super well for him in the two and a half games he started uh, in the middle of the season, which again was a bizarre sort of turn of events. Ritter got concussed and then was cleared, but they kept Heineke in and then played him for two more games and then put Ritter back in after that. Uh so we've been all over the place with this. You know, the offense with Heineke didn't look significantly better, in my opinion. I, I do think he's he's a veteran. You can tell he, he's more comfortable with deciphering the defense and, and the pressures, but he doesn't have a lot of arm talent. That's always been Heineke's thing, is that he thinks he has arm talent, and he throws the ball like he has arm talent, but that ball doesn't have velocity on it for the most part. Um, but he does, I think, typically read the field quickly. He's good at sort of escaping and scrambling and doing those types of things. And I think on intermediate passes, he's, he's very accurate, but you know, when we've seen him try to attack deep, it's just very scattershot. Um, and he, you know, going up against this Colts secondary, like you mentioned, they are one of the league leaders in, in interceptions. It's a very dangerous combination. So I think they'll try to sling it. I think it's, it's very likely that Arthur Smith finishes out the season, but Something changed this week for sure. You could feel it um, after that Panthers loss and they made a quarterback change and the owner went on the radio and did an interview about Arthur Smith's future. Um, you know, so at this point he needs to find a win uh, immediately or he might not make it all the way through the season. Um, so they may just decide like, we just need to go all out and see if we can do something to win this game because um, they're going to have to score points to keep up with this Colts offense. We've seen the Colts are, I believe eighth in scoring and they, they, 
they're not going to slow down for this Falcons team. And while the Falcons defense is, is pretty good, um, they don't typically completely shut down anyone. And uh, they're going to have to find a way to sling it. But I mean, if it was me, I'd just force feed the ball to Drake London as much as possible. Um, and, you know, get see what we can do with Kyle Pitts and all that. But uh, what, what will they do? You know, I couldn't tell you week to week what the game plan is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How is this offensive line for Atlanta at, specifically at protecting the quarterback? How have they been this year? I know it's kind of been two different guys in and out, but how have they been overall protecting uh, whoever's back there? Early season was disastrous, which was bizarre because it was four of the five starters from last year that ended up being a top five unit. It's stabilized since then. The last couple of weeks, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, I think at one point um, in the Bucks game, they had four backups in. Mm. Um, last week, they had three backups in. So, But the pass protection was fine, even with three backups in. Um, it, it was the run blocking that completely fell apart. But they've been solid to above average in pass pro they're they're typically pretty good they have a lot they have some veterans there you know drew dalman should be back this week he was close to returning last week um jake matthews is just a stalwart at left tackle very reliable um it it does look like maybe caleb mcgarry might get back on the field but his replacement storm norton has been fine as a pass protector it's really been the run blocking that he hasn't been able to keep up with and then um you know lindstrom i think was also close to returning we'll see obviously he's the best offensive lineman on the team uh, in both facets, but yeah, pass pro has been, has been pretty solid. It's, it's inexplicably the run blocking, which is where they excelled last year. That's been the biggest issue. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Let's flip it over now to this Atlanta defense. You talked about it, you know, a top 10 defense statistically, um, they've been really, really good specifically at stopping the run. It feels like more cause you know, they, they've had, they have some players I feel like, um, you know, but overall it's still a top 10 defense. What have you noticed this year from this Atlanta defense? You mentioned it's kept them in a lot of these games. What's been some of their strengths, the things they've done well that they could potentially use against this Indianapolis offense that, yeah, they could put up a lot of yardage. They have that capability, but they also have had the capability to turn the ball over a lot this year. So what does Atlanta do well and what will they need to do well in this game to potentially help stop this Indianapolis offense? Yeah, I mean, just continuing to do what they do best which is third downs uh their top five third down defense their top five red zone defense they they typically play their best ball in those key situations um they're very good against the run they should be fully healthy again this week and really the biggest change was you know when they still had grady jarrett which was up until about week seven the interior defensive line was a massive strength and it had been completely changed with grady jarrett and david on that duo was a top five duo uh, while they were playing together once Grady went out I mean it, it was a big loss obviously he's kind of the heart and soul of this defense Anyamata has continued to play really well but it's not quite the same so they've had to move Clayus Campbell more inside and he's continued to defy time and space and is still probably the team's best defensive lineman outside of David Anyamata. Um so the interior has been really good they're gonna they're, they're good at shutting down the run they have two really good run stuffing linebackers right now um in Caden Ellis, who came over from New Orleans, and Nate Lamon, former undrafted uh, free agent, who has kind of come out of nowhere, finally healthy. He had a debilitating injury in college that led him going undrafted, but um, he's an elite run-stuffing linebacker, just has some athletic limitations in coverage, so that's kind of been the thing that has kept him kept him in the third string before the injury to, the, to Troy Anderson, who was the Falcons starter before him. Um, 
the Falcons are vulnerable in the passing game sometimes um, because sometimes they look great. Um, sometimes they don't. So if you can get uh, Richie Grant, who was the second safety, he was actually benched mostly last week in favor of rookie seventh rounder DeMarco Helms to tell you how things are going for Richie Grant. Um, but he's he can't play man coverage against tight ends. He, he can't do it. His instincts are all wrong. He makes mistakes all the time. So that's been one area you could target the Falcons there. Um, and then whoever's playing across from A.J. Terrell has been vulnerable at times. Um, Jeff Okuda is a great run defender and plays man coverage very well. But if he has to play zone, he doesn't play zone very well. Um, and they teams have been able to get him there. And then rookie Clark Phillips filled in for uh, Okuda for a couple weeks, had two great games, and last week got eaten alive by Adam Thielen. Um, you could tell the veteran was just cooking him with his, you know, that's what Thielen does. He's going to cook rookies. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. Uh, they put... Akuda, they benched Phillips and put Akuda back in last week, and then Akuda got cooked by Adam Thielen also. So it's like who knows what they'll do there. But um, you know they they have Jesse Bates, they have AJ Terrell. Everyone else is going to do their job. You know the biggest issue with this Falcons defense is they just don't have edge pass rush like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they have good run defenders. Clay's Campbell's still elite there. Lorenzo Carter's been excellent as a run defender. Occasionally they can get something from Arnold Ibakati, but they, they don't rush the passer well off the edge. That's been their Achilles heel and. Um, they're just vulnerable in zone coverage. They make some coverage mistakes sometimes there. But man coverage, they're great. And and down to down, they play really well. It's just this defense gets worn down. They don't have the depth mm-hmm. anymore without Grady Jarrett and Contavious Street. On the interior, they, they don't have the edge pass rush. So once those interior guys get tired, it's what, that's why you see the defense giving up scores at the end, end of games and losing the game, quote unquote. You know, I don't know how you can blame the defense when you lose seven to nine, but you know, that's where we are. So, <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see in this game also, you know, if the Colts do get back some of their, you know, weapons offensively. Jonathan Taylor, he's practiced. He practiced today on Thursday. We'll see how he kind of looks with that thumb. Um, obviously, the Colts are able to run the ball without him or Zach Moss for the majority of last week against the Steelers. You know, they were just able to pound it. I think there was one drive in particular where I think they ran 14 straight run plays. It was just it was unbelievable. I haven't seen this offensive line dominate like that in the run game all year. So it's kind of interesting because it's like the Colts coming off a great game running the football. The Falcons, you know, have the ability to stop the run pretty well. So I'm really intrigued with that. And then obviously Michael Pittman, who took that big hit um, in, you know, in that Pittsburgh game against uh, Kazi, however you pronounce it, the guy, he's, he's out oh, for the Monte year now. Kazi, former Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought yeah. he played great, man. Yes, he I did. Yeah. yeah. So you know him very well um, yes. with, with the hits and the lowering the helmet and yeah. And somehow Pittman's practicing today, which is just incredible to me. I don't, when I saw that hit initially, man, I was like, I don't know if he's going to play the rest of the year. Like it was yeah. that brutal. It was brutal. Um, yeah. And and Pittman's like he's one of the toughest players yeah, on the team. He's huge. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's going out like mm-hmm. it's a big hit. So yeah, yeah definitely glad that uh, seemingly he's good and he didn't have a contact jersey. Didn't have a no contact jersey on on good. Thursday, so that's good potentially good news. Um, and the Colts obviously have a couple other guys. Josh Downs, the rookie. He's been really good out of North Carolina. They have Alec Pierce, who definitely can burn people deep. We saw him do it against the Tennessee Titans. You know, he drew a penalty last week against the Steelers. So seems like the Colts have at least one or two plays, like deep plays designed for him about every single week. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they how they work if they do have these two players back. That would definitely be huge for them. Um, but I am, yeah, because there are some really good players on 
on both sides of the football. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this game ultimately plays out. Hopefully these guys play, but yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing you mentioned, Kevin, about, you know, the, the, the getting after the quarterback, I think that could be a big advantage for Indianapolis because, you know, potentially Braden Smith, the right tackle is not going to play in this game. He's missed a lot of time this year. Um, had a, had a knee injury a couple weeks ago. So it's been the rookie Blake Freeland at right tackle seems like the majority of the season. And so, he, I thought he he had some moments, some rookie moments against T.J. Watt early on in that game, but really felt like he held his own. So I definitely think that will be good. You know, you're not facing him or Alex Highsmith this week, and um, that will be good for him um, in just the pass pro. And the offensive line traditionally has been pretty darn good this year in protecting Gardner Minshew and, you know, being able to allow him to navigate the pocket and make some plays down the field. So, yeah, I will be interested to see, though, because like Atlanta, you mentioned, they got A.J. Terrell. You guys have Jesse Bates. Like there, there definitely are some very talented players back there in that secondary for Atlanta. So I'm interested on that. But, Kevin, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on a score prediction here because uh, I always like to have people who come on kind of give their thoughts. I mean, you've been following the Falcons from you know day one of the offseason, so you know basically this team in and out. Um, how do you feel about this game for the Falcons? You know, you mentioned a lot riding potentially on this game for the future of Arthur Smith, for the future of, you know, a lot of things with potentially with the Falcons here this season. So they definitely need a response. I think they'll come out hungry. But how do you feel like this game is going to shake out here for this one? Yeah, I mean, the Falcons typically have played better at home. Not lately, but they have in general. Um, and. They they scored more points when Taylor Heineke was in, even if it didn't lead to any wins. Uh, mm. So, you know, they're probably going to score in the low 20s in this one. But I just I I don't think this team wins another game this year, to be honest with you. I think that. Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply they've kind of lost their mojo and another quarterback change, you know, teams don't typically take kindly to that. It, it's just the second quarterback change, you know, going back and forth. It, it's a lot of bad juju uh, right now around this team, but I do, the Falcons are incapable of playing anything other than an ugly close game. That's what they do every week. doesn't matter who the opponent is. So I think the Colts are probably going to win like 25 to 23 or something like that. Um, It'll probably come down to the wire and whoever, you know, has the ball last has a chance to score. Um, But yeah, I I think it's going to be turnovers again. You know, the Falcons turn the ball over a lot. Um, And I think that'll end up being the the killer again um, on on Sunday. But probably going to hopefully be a better game than that Panthers game, which was rain soaked and just disgusting football. So uh, at least I think it'll be more entertaining than that. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. All right, I'm going to go probably I'm going to 24-20 Indianapolis. I do think it will be closer than maybe a lot of people are projecting or thinking it will be because I do think there are some things, right, that the Falcons want to prove here, Arthur Smith wants to prove here and you know, a lot of these games like the Falcons have been in, right? You you mentioned it, you know, these games they've lost by single digits. They just haven't come out on top. And so, um, I think they will keep it close here. I think this Atlanta team that definitely has a ton of talent 
And uh, I think they're going to come out and, you know, I, I, the, even though it's like the playoffs aren't technically out of the picture, so they could theoretically, you know, do something. But I don't know. I mean, I think that every game for them is so critical. They can't afford to, to lose any more, obviously. And and so I think that it will be close. But I think ultimately Indianapolis, they're making a, they're making a push for the AFC South. And I think they learned their lesson a couple of weeks ago in Cincinnati where, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's a backup quarterback. You're going to be fine. And then they absolutely go out there and get their butts handed to them. And so I just don't think they're going to overlook any team. And so I feel, I feel like if this was a couple of years ago with Frank Reich, I might be a little bit more worried. But it seems like Shane Steichen, for the most part, has had this team ready to go. And so I think ultimately um, that's going to kind of be what it is. It's going to be a good game. But I think ultimately the deficiencies for Atlanta, like you mentioned, you know, coaching, quarterback, lack of pass rush. I think those things are going to come back to beat him. And maybe some things that they do well will kind of be ex- maybe not exposed a little bit, but because of some of the weaknesses, the Colts will be able to, for example, push the ball down the field with some of these guys if they are healthy. And maybe with Taylor gets back, run the football and pick up where they left off a week ago. But um, at the end of the day, I think it'll be a good game. But yeah, the fact that you mentioned the Falcons turn the ball over a ton and the Colts take the ball away a lot. That definitely, I think, goes in the Colts' favor as well. But, yeah, yeah man, it's going to be a good game. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, we're, we're sort of evaluating the, the next steps for this team, and mm-hmm. I think they've, they've got – they've assembled a good core. They just need someone else to uh, direct the ship. You know, they, they've built this beautiful battleship here, and, and unfortunately they put, like, a car battery to, to run it in there. So we got to get that changed out, but I think they, they've – there's a potential for a quick turnaround, I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the defense being as good as they have uh, this quickly. No one was really expecting that. Um, can't praise enough the job that Ryan Nielsen and those guys have done completely flipping the script. I mean, this is the best defense they've had in at least seven or eight years, I would say, um, just completely overnight change. So they're going to keep it close. The defense is going to play their ass off and they're going to get let down by the offense once again. But, um, you know, uh, at least it's, it's been, it's been interesting enjoying watching the defense. It's been a long time since we've been able to do that. So at least we've had that this year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Kevin, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, find your work and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, guys, you can find me at Falcoholic Kevin on the Twitter X uh, apocalypse, whatever's going on over there these days. But uh, you can also find the show. It's the Falcoholic Live on YouTube, Dirty Birds and Brews on your podcast platforms. Uh, we go. We have four shows a week during the season, including post game show, which we'll have right after the game. Uh, Wednesday night live shows. Then we have recorded shows uh, on Tuesday and on Friday. Uh, my game preview will be coming out on Friday as well. So if you need more coverage of this game, you can go check that out. Awesome, guys. Be sure to go check out Kevin's work over there. They do great stuff over there at the Falcoholic. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was a pleasure. Um, Good to finally meet you and uh, excited for, I guess, Sunday. I want to say Saturday now because the Colts play the game on Saturday. (laughs) But but yeah, it'll be a fun game on Sunday. And hope you have a Merry Christmas, man. And hope it's a great time. Are you, by the way, I was curious, are you traveling to like see family or anything like that? Yeah, I'm I'm back in Florida now. Uh, so oh, nice. yeah, back, back in the, the, the warm temperatures here, uh, cause I live in New York otherwise. So, uh, oh, it's, gotcha. it's t-shirt weather here in the sixties. So <laughs> Dude, I know. I mean, I live in Indiana and it's just cold and bitter and ugh, I don't like yeah. it. So <laughs> definitely jealous of you, man, but hope you have a great time, man. Hope you are able to enjoy some time with friends and family and, uh, 
ultimately we'll see what happens on Sunday. But uh, thanks so much, man. And thank you guys for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Be sure to smash that like button, turn on the notification bell, all that good stuff. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Yeah.